Welcome to Leaders with Ambition, the podcast that delves deep into the careers of some of the UK's most successful leaders working in professional services firms. We aim to discover the secrets behind their success, the challenges they've overcome, and to find out what traits make a successful leader. Hello and welcome to the latest in the Leaders with Ambition podcast series. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest, Rosie Legros. And Rosie is the Global Business Development Director at Kennedy's. I'm really looking forward to the conversation today for the podcast because I think you'll find it's going to be a really insightful and interesting, probably 45 minutes ahead of us. If you look at what Rosie's achieved in her career, particularly being at the same organisation, the same firm um, for just over 14 years, it really shows that the amount of energy that you put into something really starts to pay out. I think also there's a lot to be said for Rosie's style of management. And you'll hear some examples of how she really likes to develop her team and, and tee the team up for success. And it's very important for Rosie to give people a voice and to, to challenge each other and allow her team to challenge her as well because that's how she has grown her career and grown her teams with her as well. There's going to be some um, real corpus coming out of today and I think one of the comments that Rosie had made to me as well that after having her children she became even better at her job because she had to get so focused on what she was going to do timescales wise but also it was the ability of being able to step back from the the madness of the day-to-day job to really view how things could improve and that led to a really big push out with the global piece that she was looking after. So lots of things for us to discuss today Rosie but over to you to bring your your career history to life for us. Hi Nikki, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be joining you today. So wow my career, where do I start? I guess I start when I entered the workforce. So I left school and decided not to go to university, not because I didn't have the opportunity or choice to, because I wanted to enter the workforce to do some temp work for a period of time before I decided what to do. I didn't want to just sign up to something for the sake of it. I have always enjoyed working and always had jobs as I was a teenager and after school jobs and working in school holidays. And so I've always really enjoyed being part of the workforce. So into the workforce at 18 or so, doing some temp work. And you were raspberry picking. Is that correct at one stage? I think you worked in a fish and chip shop factory and raspberry picking. So you really were just trying to get some experience. Yes, but Nikki, I lasted one day at raspberry uh, picking. (laughs) But that's the only job in my entire career I've ever been told not to bother to come back for. (laughs) You can't be good at everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually started working for the Inland Revenue out of all places, and I met some really interesting people there. And after doing some different temp roles, I was really lucky enough to have worked with someone who took a real interest in me, I guess. And when she moved on to a a trade organization, she came back and approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in a role at the trade association. And it was a role in marketing, which I'd expressed quite an interest in. And I think what I loved about working in marketing is I didn't leave school saying I have to get a job in marketing. I left school saying, I want to earn some money for six months. 
before I decide what to do. And then I guess I had some opportunities open up to me and I've always been very keen to explore and take opportunities when they've been presented to me. So what I loved about marketing, I think, is the was really keen on business, but really enjoyed creative as well. And that was what was really appealing. So I was lucky enough someone took a chance on me in a you know very junior marketing role at the time. And I worked with some amazing people and got therefore my foot in the door with a marketing opportunity and sort of worked my way up in that role. After working there for a period of time, I decided to go traveling. That was always on the cards. I think probably in the back of my mind, it was (laughs) earn some money for a while, go traveling. And when I came to the UK, I came to the UK because I wanted to explore Europe and I didn't have a time frame on that. 17, 18 or so years later, I'm still here. (laughs) So then I fell into the world of professional services. And oh my goodness, was that a difference to the organizations I had worked in before. So I very quickly learned about the quirks and the differences of working in professional services. And I was lucky enough actually to land in an amazing organization like EY, where I did some contract roles in marketing and some, you know, placed with a client for a period of time, doing some project management stuff. And then at that time, my driver was really still around the travel agenda, (laughs) decided to move to Ireland. EY were kind enough to try and to offer me a role in, in Dublin. And I thanked them and said, thank you so much, but I'm not ready to just walk into something else. I'm going to take some time and take my chances. I ended up working for them again. <laughs> not because I uh, not because I leveraged any of my network. It worked out that way. I think a recruiter had said to me, given you've worked for EY, would you go and have a chat to them about this particular role, actually in learning and development? And I was really honest with them. again, yeah. Really different. And I was really honest with them saying, I'm not a learning and development person. I've done marketing and projects and I don't think I can add any value to this. So I was very honest with EY when I spoke to them about the role, but they asked me to join anyway. And I actually had quite a transformational time there because I worked in a learning and development team and I took on a a project and worked with some amazing people there to essentially roll out a new performance management system. But of course, the project's never about the system. It's about how you manage performance, how you manage your career, how you get the best out of that. So I was suddenly thrown into this opportunity because I decided to take a chance on opportunity that was presented to me again, which for that stage of my career, still being young, I was given this exposure to this whole kind of people management piece, which was really... I always think about it as quite transformational. I was also given the opportunity after being there for a very short period of time to manage a team, which I had not done before. So I think I only spent, actually only spent a year in Dublin because that's all my visa allowed me to work for. But that 12-month period, so that really short period of time, I always think back as really quite transformational because my first people management experience, which was actually quite challenging being so young at the time but learning so much of just being in a different environment around learning and development and learning about 
performance management and career development and talent management. So short period of time, but I think I learned so much within that period of time. So I would have... You worked with a consultant as well, didn't you, Rosie, there? that I think that was, again, as you mentioned, this not only transformational job, but for you personally, transformational, seeing somebody at that level and being part of, of something quite different. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I can never confess to being the driving force behind the project. I was working with some really amazing people, but I was part of the journey. And I think I learned so much from working alongside such brilliant people there. So after Ireland, I came back to London and I decided law would be another interesting area of professional services. So I deliberately looked for a role in, in legal services and I took on a role for a great organization, but actually I think it was about 120 people. So you I, I kind of went from massive scale, EY being this <laughs> giant global organization that you can spend your entire career at, yeah. get, having a very fulfilling career and lots of different roles and opportunities, going to something smaller, which I was keen to do, but I, I probably very quickly realized it was probably too small as a not quite challenging enough but after six months or so a merger was announced with Kennedy's (laughs) who I am still with today. I remember really clearly at the time when the merger was announced and obviously you have lots of people chatting around the water coolers about what does this mean I actually just been really excited by it thinking oh this is a neat opportunity and when I joined I've now been at Kennedy's for <laughs> over a decade. I don't feel like I've been at the same place. I certainly don't feel like I've been doing the same role. It's been every year is different. Projects are interesting. The opportunities are interesting. So I'm someone who actually quite enjoys change and I enjoy challenge as well. And so I wouldn't have expected to be at a place for so long in the same kind of discipline for so long. And I guess I can honestly say I've loved every year that I've been here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you'd be there otherwise, would you? I think you, yeah. you would have had to look at a different move. But I think it's really interesting, isn't it, that, you know, as you mentioned, you know, your job has changed hugely year on year anyway. And, you know, you've taken huge big steps forward um, personally and professionally with Kennedy's but the Kennedy's as a whole has changed and you know the global reach and um, the projects that you've done have been had a massive transformational impact on the company so it sounds almost like the experience that you had at EY helped set you up for the the change element the transformation and also for being able to to pull positives out of situations I think every role I've worked in has taught me something or set me up in a better way (laughs) for for the next opportunity. So definitely, but I think all it's, I guess, part of my nature is always to be curious and not necessarily afraid of, of change. But I've always been really inquisitive to look at never, I guess, accepting things are the way they are because that's why they've been done or that's just the way it is. So I have always, whatever role I'm in, I'm looking for the opportunity of could we do this differently? Could we do this better? How can I really make a difference? I think it's about how do I make a difference? How do, how do we make an impact? 
how do we take things to the next level, irrespective of whatever role that I've been in, I think. And I guess I've been lucky enough to be in an organisation that has continued to grow, continued to flourish. So there's been plenty of opportunity there for that. Even if that was not the case with the organisation, I think there's a real lesson there around finding those opportunities and looking for the next, how you can make a difference or how you can stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone. And I often think people have an assumption that the only way to progress or develop is sometimes to move and actually spending time with getting exposure to different people that are do something different than you or working with different parts of the business on projects or coming up with ideas about doing something that wasn't on the agenda, there are often things that are really going to stretch and challenge you and things that people are going to, you're going to make your mark and people are going to notice. (laughs) Yeah. And I would imagine as well, the fact that, you know, you have been at Kennedy's for a period of time, you've got a lot of trust with the partners and thereby, therefore you can be part of making that change and transforming because the trust factor is there. Yeah, and I guess you develop so much more institutional knowledge the longer you are somewhere, but that becomes actually a real valuable asset in itself, Mm. a real unique selling point in itself. Mm. And I think when anyone changes roles or or changes organisations, people sort of expect that might be uh, for progression and and, and often that that can be the right thing to do. But you can also forget that, and certainly in professional services, you've got to build your credibility and you've got to build your trust. And it's only when you get to that place of credibility and trust, you can change things or you can influence the partnership. People will listen to you. People will respect your view. And that takes time to develop. You can't develop that instantly just with a, with a role change, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So important. And I know that you've mentioned, you mentioned one of your roles uh, when you started earlier on in your career and how that you had someone that really sponsored you and saw something in you and that set you, set you on your marketing path. And I think there was also a time um, when you started at Kennedy's and there was a situation where your manager have to go, went on to maternity leave and you then had to look around for role models and sponsors and, but you were very active in doing that so I think that's a really important part of ensuring that you really look at your own career and take hold of your career isn't it? Definitely and I think probably in earlier stages of my career people talk a lot these days about finding sponsors and mentors And, and I think I've probably always had that maybe just never labeled it in the early days of my career and I so I've been lucky enough to work with people who I have been really inspired by and I think have been and I've learned so much from I've also been in the total opposite situation where I haven't had people where I kind of haven't had a boss a long period of time and instead of I guess that's where I've had moments where I've thought I don't know if I'm learning enough I need to get that learning from somewhere else and I need people to get that learning from and I've actually spent time thinking who are some people that I think I would like to spend more time with in the business that I think I'm going to learn something from or really enjoy working with and I've found those people I mean our managing partner wouldn't even realize this but well before she was managing partner she was someone in the business who I thought she's amazing to work alongside and I need more opportunities to work with her and I found those opportunities I found things that she would be interested in initiatives she would be interested in and she was someone I deliberately started to work more closely with because I 
got learning in a different way or inspiration in a different way. So, and it doesn't have to be from within your organization either. But I think a lot of people often expect that that has to always come from their line manager and actually learn from people all around you. And I think I learn all the time from my team. (laughs) You know, I have taken some amazing learning and watched people in much more junior roles and taken things from that myself and thought that's a great reminder or I've learned something about the way they've gone about things so I think you can be inspired by people all around you know sideways above below but if you can't get that directly from a line manager you find other sources of energy you find other sources of 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 inspiration as well and only you can do that can't expect someone to just pass you. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a really important point is go looking for it and don't wait for it to come to you. And I think you've you've definitely displayed that in your career. But I also think that you know you've made it a really safe place for your team to want to learn. And learning's it comes across that you're you know you're very passionate about learning and it's a very big part of you, isn't it? That you want to keep learning all the time. And and I think when you and I have discussed it previously, you know, you're not chasing an, a job title. What you're chasing is the, what's my new learning how am I going to add value you know like you say what initiatives can I bring in that will be better for the firm and and so you you, by doing that yourself you're also inspiring your team to do that but you learn from your team you let people challenge each other which I think is a great skill to have I think the learning point I was chatting with our learning and development team recently and I think statistically if I remember correctly about 10% of your learning comes from structured study and far more like 70% or so from on the job stuff and that's I would always advocate and support people in the study that they do of course I would and the study that I have done while I have been working and in my career has been certainly valuable your most invaluable learning and your quickest learning is often going to be on the job and that's about getting exposure to the right people and the right projects and making sure you're putting yourself forward for opportunities that are going to stretch you and push you don't be afraid about that don't be afraid if you feel like you're not the finished article when it's a bit out of your comfort zone because that's where you're going to learn the most I think it's hard though isn't it being out of your comfort zone it's really tough But yeah, where a lot of your learning comes from yeah Um, but yes of course and can you talk me through when you were made acting business development director and then subsequently given the position on a permanent basis? I thought that was a really interesting story as well. And it shows the amount of like the support that you get from the, the partnership. And again, I think it's because you've been there and been able to build that trust. <laughs> I was asked to take on an acting role for the, it was head of business development at the time, which I happily did, which I accepted and we had a consultant who came in to work with us to look at the team to look at the structure of the team etc and absolutely loved working with her and she's someone I'm still in touch with but one of the recommendations after the project she had been brought in to do was the board asked me to take on the head of business development role permanently but it's not something I wanted to do. It's not something that was my ambition at the time. So I've never been driven by title or status. And, I, and I've always had career goals and I've always wanted to be pushed and challenged and, and, and to be learning new things. But I've wanted to, be, I've wanted to do things that I enjoy. And yeah. so at the time, I thought that's a step too far at the time. And I thought, I won't get as much enjoyment out of my job at the time. And I remember a moment of having to present at a board meeting and I was 
left at the door by the consultant who said, I'm not coming into this meeting, you have to do it on your own, which was a total shock to me. I was like, what? I'm so, so confused. What is happening here? So I sort of presented to the board around, okay, I'm going to take you through what I think the team should look like, the structure of the resource, the investment of how we actually take things forward. In a way, it was helpful because I didn't have anything to lose because I'm presenting back the views on everything. And at the end of it, they said, we agree to all of the people, all of the budgets and everything you've said today, but there's one condition and that was the condition and they put me on the spot in the meeting to take on the role. Now, if they had have asked me that prior to the meeting, they had actually asked me that prior to the meeting and I had said to them, thank you, thank you, but that's not my ambition here. I don't feel like you owe me that or need to offer me that. I'm very, very supportive and accepting of someone else doing the role I just want to help get things right and I want to continue doing the things I enjoy doing so I was a bit hesitant in that respect because there was such a daunting aspect of this gosh this where there's this whole restructure there's this massive rebuilding of the team and this growth of the team and a huge challenge ahead so when I say I reluctantly took on the role I took on the role (laughs) happily but it's not an ambition I had in terms of I have to get to this stage this title by the stage of my career and it's all about moving up the ranks for me it was about doing things that I enjoy but yes that's how the opportunity came about and I've continued to evolve in it since (laughs) (laughs) fantastic and why did you feel so daunted though what was it because you don't be though isn't it Nikki it's a a you go go from kind of you know managing an area and a small number you know a very limited amount of people to taking on a whole departmental responsibility and so there's the challenges of, of being thrown into that position of managing a much bigger team of having to build that team to go through some pain and change before you come out better at the other end also, there's an aspect of you don't know what you don't know when you take on a new role. Which is, um, otherwise people would never take these roles on, which is a good thing, yeah, isn't it? I, I, what you don't yeah, know. I remember there was a statistic I had read at the time about the average tenure for heads of business right. development and legal services. And it was some, you know, it was less than chief execs in the period of wow. time, I think, was <laughs> three to five years. And, and I remember at one moment saying, oh, you're just signing me up now for my next role. <laughs> But, you know, I took a big, again, Nikki, I took an opportunity that was presented in front of me. And I think I took that on because I was lucky enough to have people who believed in me. And so I was also had worked really hard up until that point and had developed some real trust with a lot of the stakeholders and a lot of the decision makers in the business. So I think that's also what had given me confidence to take. Yeah, in doing the the role. So how did you start? So as you say, you had you know, this plan to do a huge, big structural change and rebuild. And then there was also pushing out into more global areas. Are you a very organised person and focused where you'd go, right, this is I need to do A, B, C, D. Or is it more the case that, you know, you are looking at what will bring in the quickest value adds for the firm? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm the most organised, Nikki, but I would say I always can see far ahead. It's about focusing on where we need to get to and then taking those steps along the way to get there. So, no, I wasn't necessarily focused on quick wins to begin with. (laughs) I was focused on, I mean, the number one thing for me initially was 
what's different about the team, what are the new roles look like and cracking on with recruiting some of those. But within the partnership, actually, it was around resetting expectations of you've had a team in the past which has been known for this. (laughs) This is the vision and this is where we're going with it. And actually it meant creating, ruffling a lot of feathers to begin with in the partnership because it meant telling partners we weren't going to do certain things. So I spent actually a lot of time rooting out we're getting out of these PowerPoint presentations. We're getting out of this admin. We're getting out of this stuff. We're not a document yeah. production team. And just have to accept, I'm not going to worry about the quality of that for a time being because there's a bigger issue here about around there's a step change in the team of moving to a much more professional advisory level. So I think there was a huge amount of expectation setting in the partnership. So I guess how did we, I start going about that? Yes, you've got all the team bits that need to come together and you get in place but a lot of discussions a lot of presentations with the partners as well on where we're going and why we're going there and and how I want them to describe the team and think about the team in a year's time and how we're evolving so lots of expectation management I think when it comes to the it sounds like you know you had to again work really closely with the partnership team to do that re-education as well, which is is a, a tough thing to do, isn't it? But and I'm going um, and, and using good relationships to say I need your help by bearing with me for a while, yeah. <laughs> or I need you to understand we've got X amount of new people. I need your patience with them, and I need you to help me help them by yes. sharing knowledge with them. So I felt like I went around remanaging expectations and pulling favours where I could <laughs> to get people to, to buy into it, bear with us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, obviously worked. And how long did it take to get where you needed it to be? Was it, you obviously, as you say, you're quite visionary where you can look and say, this is where I want to go. And you you must have set yourself a timescale to achieve that. Was it something that you were able to do in your personal timescale? I'm sure you didn't share that timescale with the, the wider firm. Were you able to do that or did it take longer? Or was it once you'd got the buy-in, was it quicker than you anticipated? <laughs> It probably was within the expected timescales, but it depends what you consider achieving. Because for me, it's constant evolution. Yeah. I never feel like, oh, I've achieved what I've set out to do. It's <laughs> tick. You know, well, it's that's brilliant. Where are we going next? I feel yeah. like we've made a real difference here. We're on the way to getting to the ultimate goal or what's next. And I don't think with think with anything within the business development team here I feel exceptionally proud of the team and the people and what we have achieved and what we continue to achieve but I think I'm never satisfied that's done we're always evolving I think and so yeah and what's really important I think is building in triggers so you sit down and reflect yes and you readjust and replan and I think that's really to do really important personally, but in a department, you know, in a team management, department management aspect too. So I'm always really keen to review what have been our achievements, how are we going against some of the priorities we've set, and where are we going next? And so that's evolved over time from doing it for, you know, London to start now doing it in a global way. Yeah. 
And you, I think I, something you and I talked about, I mentioned at the start of our conversation as well, when you had your first child and that space it gave you, not that you will have had any time whatsoever with a baby, but the, just the space of not being in the work environment so that you could think about things differently. I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. I think having a period of time away, and by that I don't mean a holiday, whether that's a sabbatical or whether that's a period of of mat leave, I think it's a really, really lovely opportunity, actually, because, I mean, I stayed in touch with work on, I've had two mat leaves and I stayed in touch throughout, which was, you know, more than happy to, but you still a step away from the day-to-day and what's happening on the ground. So you're removed from that pressure in a way. But I think having that space allows you to re-enter almost from a clean slate to re and, and and to get you to really think. I think it forced me to really think where am I at my best and what are the things that really need me versus what are the things that I could be spending lots of time on that everyone would love. Yes. But what are the things that I know I can only really help push and, and influence? So it gives you an opportunity to be really focused around just a step change. I think personally it's made me better at what I do because it's made me really consider how I do things and what I spend my time on. You don't have a choice. You don't have the luxury <laughs> of having all the time as a working mum either. So in some ways I think it's made me better at my job, but I think has actually been really a lovely opportunity to re-enter and to really challenge myself and to really think about where I'm going to be spending my time going forward. I think that's great. And I think that self-reflection piece that you've you've spoken about as well is so important. And you know, being able to build that into your period of maternity leave, as, as you say, made it an even better focus for you in the way that you work. So I think that's great. And so talk to me about your highlights, because there's been lots of highlights throughout your career. What would you class as being your highlights? I honestly feel like I've been a small part of making something amazing. So if I think about the organisation, if I think about Kennedy's and when I joined many years ago to what it is now, I think about the team that's been created, but much more broadly than that, how the organisation has changed and how I feel like I've really been part of that. If I I kind of think about the number of amazing projects, the stunning growth of the firm, which has in itself caused huge moments of pressure. (laughs) But to kind of, (laughs) to reflect on that and think I've really been part of something that I feel proud of but is really an amazing organization and I've been able I've been lucky enough to be part of helping make that and create that Uh, I actually think one of my highlights has been a working mum as well I'm a mum to two very young demanding kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I you know that's a personal highlight for me I think yeah but I think it's hard not to have it involved in your professional working life as well particularly when your children are younger that's it's, as you were saying about the time elements you've only got so much time in the day so uh, it's amazing that you've still been able to juggle lots of things there I'm sure you've got a, a supportive hopefully a supportive partner behind you you know I feel lucky in that respect that we're very 50 50 and and you know I both nice. of my mat leaves I shared 50 50 with my partner so six months off for both of us and that's actually been lovely for him, but also has given 
working life much more of a balance for both of us <laughs> so it's a constant yeah, no, negotiation Nikki <laughs> it's a constant yeah, well, that, negotiation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's honed your negotiating techniques hasn't it and do you know what's interesting I think a few people after I had my first child and I, I think about other older mums in the business all just made an assumption of course I'm going to have a nanny <laughs> And, you know, of course, you've got a really demanding job, so you have to have a nanny. Mm -hmm. And and I think that for me was quite surprising and interesting and thinking, actually, I'm going to try. Yes, in some ways, I think, God, how amazing would that be? (laughs) But I think when you said what are the highlights and I'm saying being a working mum, because Mm -hmm. it's managing that and juggling that and having yeah. what I feel is quite a very fair and equal juggle to that with my partner too. But yeah. I just think it's interesting when I often, when I'm speaking to working with some of the younger females here who are looking to make partner, we're having those discussions. There's something that actually comes up quite a lot is being able to have role models, working mums who are actually juggling enough time with their families as well as their work, because I do think there's often been an assumption from previous generation that's what you do when you're a partner or at a certain level. You just have someone else look after the kids for you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. It's about, it's about being a, a role model, which you know you are and you're inspirational as well for so many people. But it's a role model that people feel that they can achieve because sometimes you look at people who are in these fantastic jobs as you are and you look at their lives and you just think, gosh, I could never do that. It's all so hard. But the fact that you share you know, your personal experience as well and that you're doing this and you're, you've got your partner involved I think it's it's really great for people to see and uh, you know it's very inspirational for people coming forward and coming through so it's great it's a lot easier now to be a lot more flexible though isn't it I mean that's one of, I guess one of the <laughs> one of the only good <laughs> things about the pandemic is well just it's really it's the ability to work from anywhere because yeah. we've all sort of changed around that. So, you know, the flexibility and, and just far, people have just finally moved away from the perception of having to be visible in the nine to five. And we're just given a lot more opportunity yeah. around that because of technology and being able to work anywhere and on the go and at whatever time that you need to as well. Yeah. And it's more about output, isn't it, rather than being visual and you know, for a certain amount of time, because that's what everybody does. I agree with you. I think it's good that it's the focus has definitely changed. And I'm sure it will continue to change because it has to keep evolving. As you say, everything evolves, doesn't it? How it gets better. What about the challenges then that you face? Because I think one of the interesting things with you is that a lot of your challenges, you turn into into looking for opportunities and into positive. So it's interesting, interesting for me to hear what you class as your challenges. Hmm. I think I find that hard to answer, actually, Nikki, because I, I always associate challenges often with something that feels a bit more negative, doesn't it? So uh, taking on the my role for the first time was a challenge. Learning how to enter a board meeting and come out with a successful outcome was an interesting learning experience and a challenge the first one yeah. or two times. The global aspect has probably been a challenge, but I don't mean that in it's been difficult, but the growth aspect of how we've grown has been challenging because it's, you know, there's been such moments of pressure, but yes. also trying to make 
more people feel part of the family or to try and connect people and have that sense of community. So, you know, I see that as a nice challenge actually, but the bigger you get, the harder that gets. And learning along the way, I think it's wonderful for people to have international experience actually, and I'd certainly be encouraging people to look for opportunities or secondment opportunities, particularly if you work for a global organization. Those things yeah. can they can be really amazing experiences. But the more you start to work with other territories, even though you speak the same language, often speak the same language, you sometimes don't realize how different you are culturally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's really and so, yeah, so, so I guess one of the challenges has been the globalisation of, of the role of the organisation, but I see that actually as being one of the exciting things. I actually, honestly, Nikki, I find that question quite hard to answer. I could say there have been moments where I haven't felt like I've had that direct line management support or people to learn from. And I probably did find that hard. I probably did find that challenging. But I looked for a way to spend time with people I thought were going to be great, plug yourself into some energy over here, or I really like how this person goes about this thing or their style or what they're doing. And I just found other ways to kind of connect with people outside of my immediate circle. You found people that you could get that from, which uh, again shows a lot, reflects you as a person. Because again, there's a lot constant learning, and you wanting to to keep developing. I think is a, a really strong theme throughout your career as well. So, so where do you think business development is moving forward in law firms? What's going to be the next stage, the next step for law firms? I think it has evolved hugely. It's become far more focused in a business development sales aspect than it ever used to be I think I think teams have professionalized hugely I think you'll see a lot more client facing opportunities and roles I think you'll see business development people being much more closer to the strategic agenda I think on the marketing aspect you'll see a lot more with data and analytics (laughs) driving decisions and and automating even more than what we do So I think there's a huge business coach aspect as well. So, I mean, I've seen the profession as a whole has really changed a lot. You can see now aspects of ESG and how that's changing people's roles as well. Yeah. You know, into the whole mix of things and business development, people being much more challenged to think about, I don't know, issues like ESG and how you bring that into developing things with clients that might gain you competitive advantage great that's great thank you and words of wisdom from you Rosie to share for future generations thinking of of, uh, taking that step from New Zealand to the UK and starting in a marketing role what would your words of wisdom be so words of wisdom I think I would encourage people to always be really open to opportunities take a chance on things look hunt out opportunities and create them yourself Uh, whether that's projects or initiatives to kind of stretch your learning. I think make sure you've found your voice and you're heard and 
it's okay to have a difference of opinion. It's okay to challenge. I really, really welcome that. And you can do that in such a positive way. Challenge doesn't yeah. have to be seen as difficult, doesn't have to be seen as negative, but you know, be inquisitive and query things and, and positively challenge things because ultimately difference is going to make the, the overall outcome more well-rounded and, and better overall. So make sure you found your voice and, and you lose it and, and appreciate differences of opinions you know, reflect on those. Don't see that as challenge. See that as just a different way of coming at things and, and consider yeah. that. And I think also make sure that you're visible and make sure you're doing your own PR to a degree. Make sure you're telling people and getting exposure for great things you're doing. Don't just always assume that everybody knows. I think that's harder now. There's a lot less visibility because we're all hybrid, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, so it gets more challenging, doesn't it? Definitely. It's a lot more challenging to have the visibility, to have exposure and to assume that the amazing things you're working on, people are aware of those and they're recognised. So no one's going to do that, you know, going to do your PR for you. You can't assume that. So make sure that you are finding ways for the great things you're doing to be told and tell people about them. Make sure they're you're doing your own PR to a degree. Yeah. And I think also just never be afraid to change because there's going to be lots yeah. of moments in people's careers which can feel difficult or daunting. And there's, a, I guess, a natural reaction to feel sometimes a bit threatened by change or afraid of change. And embrace that and realise that you, there's probably going to be huge positives that come out of change. Don't always expect things to be the way they are and look for ways to create and to make it better make sure you're getting your stamp on making a difference that can be so such a a small thing you're doing within your role or part of a much bigger you know change management piece try and make sure that you're getting your stamp on making a difference and that's a positive difference yeah I think that's great I think you know definitely as you say finding your voice challenging in a positive way I think it's fantastic and make sure that you're being heard and visible because I think people sometimes forget that take time to look after yourself too make sure you take some time to do some things that you enjoy because that makes you happier and a better person overall doesn't it whether that's you know fitting in fitness or or doing whatever you know make sure you you're prioritizing to get some of that balance yeah, building that time in and being authentic, I think is, I think one of the biggest things that you and I have talked about as well in the past, that it's so important that you, you bring your best self to work, but you bring your true self to work, to work as well. And, and then it, it feels a lot easier to be able to go in and do your job. Totally. And I think people see straight through when you're not being authentic, you know, people, it's far more transparent than people realise, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't ever assume you have to be like someone else or a certain way you know be yourself but you know be a supportive colleague and as well when we're recruiting Nikki I always will prioritize fit over experience (laughs) Uh, you know it's really really important to get the right I guess attitude is what I'm saying recruit for attitude and, and potential that's great. And I think you need to be a bit open at the moment because it's so hard to get good people coming through the door, isn't it? So if you're going for the right personality, as you say, in the right attitude, then you're going to hopefully pick up a few gems along the way. But I honestly think that will take you everywhere. Yeah. You, people want to work with people with the right attitude. You're going to be given more opportunities. And, and you know, I think attitude will take people a really long way. 
Agreed. Well, thank you, Rosie, so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure to talk through your career and hear more about you and how you've made such a successful career at Kennedy's and also um, some of the challenges and highlights that you've talked about today as well. So thank you so much. It's been great. So nice to talk to you, Nikki. Thank you. All the best. Take care. See you.